Lachlan Trust, each relationship matters, and we know that your relationship with money may be complicated and may need some extra love and attention. But where do you start? I'm Julie Beckham, the Financial Education Officer at Rockland Trust, and this is the No Shame in This Money Game podcast. What you should have done and could have done, didn't know and should have known, doesn't matter anymore. There's no use spending one more minute blaming or shaming yourself. Because really, with everything going on in the world right now, you don't have time to get down on yourself. And you don't deserve it. We're all in this together, starting now. And like I said, there's no shame in this money game. Well, welcome to the No Shame in This Money Game podcast. I am so excited today to have Alana Varan here. She is the author of The Ultimate Side Hustle Book, 450 Money-Making Ideas for the Gig Economy. Welcome, Alana. Thank you, Julie. It's great to be here. Well, it is so great to have you here because it feels like side hustle is like the new term, the new thing. Is it a new thing? It's not really a new thing. The term side hustle goes back to the 1950s. And, you know, that may have to do with the emergence of, you know, what we think of as our modern economy, where, you know, people went out to work and, you know, came home and had their home life at night and maybe did a little extra work on the side. But people throughout history have always looked for ways to earn extra cash. And before the industrial era, when people started going to work in factories and then in offices, people had a lot of different jobs and didn't only do one thing necessarily. Nick Loper, founder of the Side Hustle Nation blog, reports that 45% of working Americans have a side hustle, and that statistic rises to 50% among millennials. He claims that this is a result of both an economic necessity and the proactive desire and unprecedented ability to make extra money fueled by technology and social media. So, you know, we call it a side hustle because a lot of people have a job that provides most of their income. But the idea that, you know, people would look for ways to earn more money isn't a new thing. So really, it's just the term that seems to be trending. Yeah. And I think that today, side hustle has this connotation of something you're doing to start your own business. That Maybe you want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe you want to quit your day job someday. And you've started a side hustle to get that going. In my book, I define it more broadly as you know, anything you're doing that is different from what you spend most of your time doing. So for example, if you're a stay-at-home parent, that's a job. You're not getting paid to do it, but you might have a side hustle doing some kind of work to bring in some extra money. Right. Now, do you have personal experience uh, with the side hustle? What's your background? So writing this book was kind of a side hustle. Alana Varon's book is called The Ultimate Side Hustle Book. And it presents up-to-the-minute research on 450 fun, resourceful, and rewarding side hustle jobs, all in an easy-to-read and fun-to-use format. My day job is running my business, Kachituit Media, where I write and edit white papers and reports for companies, and I advise them on content strategy. 
And back when I was a journalist on a salary before I started this company, I freelanced on the side sometimes. But my exposure to side hustles goes back to when I was a kid. My father is a software engineer. And when I was in high school, he picked up a job developing a software application for the Apple IIe. So I'm dating myself. That was the computer that Apple, the computer before the Mac, Mm -hmm. you know, and this was a, you know, this is a brand new industry. And he had a friend who was starting a company and asked him to write the software. And so he did that. And, and he, and my dad hired me to write the user manual. Oh my goodness. User manuals were on paper. And so I like to think of that as my first side hustle because I was a full-time student at the time. Ilana's side hustle as a software manual writer while still a high school student could also be called a part-time job, which begs the question, what other side hustles could teens develop as an alternative or an add-on to many traditional jobs in retail or as a camp counselor? If your teen is always on social media, maybe managing a small business's social media account could be a great side hustle. If they're an artist or make their own jewelry, maybe someone would find value in their work on Etsy. Mowing lawns and babysitting are still great jobs, but there's more out there for those even teens who are eager to make extra money. To give people information that would help them financially and maybe even career-wise, because as I was saying earlier, a lot of people who want to start want to start a side hustle to develop it into a full-time business. And they might have an idea, but they don't necessarily know where to start. So we could give them some information with this book about how to get going. Right. And, you know, you wrote this book pre-COVID. So what have you seen in in the changes of of side hustles, you know, the side hustle industry over the last year? So before COVID, surveys were finding that around a third of people have some kind of side income. So it's been a pretty solid trend for a while. And the conventional wisdom has been that this percentage rose in the past year because of COVID. I don't think we have the data yet to know whether that is really the case. But what we have seen is that new business applications have risen pretty steadily, actually, from the middle of April last year, you know, until, you know, the beginning of this year. And I think it's fallen off a bit, maybe. Ilana is right. According to the IRS, in 2020, there were 4.3 million applications for new businesses filed with the Census Bureau versus 3.5 million in 2019, an increase of about 23 percent. The uptick in numbers is attributed to consumers who were suddenly without employers deciding to work for themselves. Anecdotally, there are stories about people who started businesses because they lost their jobs or they weren't getting enough hours in the jobs that they had and they needed extra money. So it's reasonable to think that some of those new entrepreneurs might still have their day jobs and are sticking with them for at least a while, you know, just, you know, because they want to hedge their risk. You know, that's something people often do even when the economy is strong because uh, the odds of a new business failing are pretty high. And, you know, as we all know, you know, we're not, you know, we're we're starting to recover, but, you know, it's going to be a while before 
the economy is really back on track. Right. And I, I think what people have learned is about income streams, right? When you heavily rely on one income stream and the rug is pulled out from underneath you, not having another income stream, whether it's a side hustle or even just investments, can be very scary. Yeah. And I think that more and more, I mean, even before COVID, I think one of the reasons that side hustles have become so popular is this understanding that a lot of jobs are being gigified, right? And that there is potentially a long-term trend of companies using freelancers instead of having full-time employees. And some industries are going to be very disrupted by technology. You know, some of that is unpredictable and it's easier also to set up a side hustle because we have freelance platforms and we have social media to, you know, to publicize what we're doing and find our networks of people who want to hire us. And so, you know, the combination of those things makes having those extra income streams more attractive and more possible than they were in the past. Your book kind of divides it in a real manageable way, I mean, with different chapters and on what people might be interested in, like, you know, from teaching to driving to caring for people and pets to helping and fixing things and solving problems to entertaining. You know, there's so many, there's, you know, hundreds of pages of this book and so many different ways to use your natural skills or your innate passions to create a side hustle. But what do you think holds people back from actually doing it? So I think a lot of people don't know where to start. Unless they're going to get a conventional sort of part-time job, it can be overwhelming to sort through the options. And that's one of the reasons why I organized the book this way is so people can really hone in on what do I know how to do and what am I interested in doing? We hear so much about TaskRabbit and Uber and delivery apps, but these side hustles aren't for everyone. You, know, you can't drive for Uber if you don't have a car. And some of those platforms take a big cut of the fee and what you get paid and, and the profit you end up making from using those platforms can depend on how efficient you are about grabbing gigs when they come up and whether you are able to work when the most opportunities are available. You know, the classic story about Uber drivers is, well, you know, the ones who make a lot of money, a lot of maybe people who are driving in cities and they can drive when the bars are closing. Right. Or one of the, the people I featured in the book is an Uber driver and she does airport runs. She lives in a suburb and, you know, about half hour from the airport and she gets the kids off to school and does the airport runs in the morning. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's the opportunity and it's the opportunity cost, right? You know, exactly. What time are you going to give up from your daily life and your regular work life and home life to be able to pursue this side hustle? And to make what you consider to be a fair wage doing it. Right. I mean, there are some times that, you know, where a couple who is trying to make ends meet and, and figure out who has to 
get a side hustle or who needs to make some changes in order to balance their financial life. And the question of, well, is it worth it, sometimes comes up. So how do you address that? How What have you learned about when is a side hustle worth it? I see in your book you have dollar signs and sometimes even estimates of how much you can make in different side hustles. But what have you learned about that, if anything? So it depends on not a tried and true formula necessarily, but you know, but several factors. One is how much time do you have? What skills do you have? You know, and how much money do you need to make? Before diving into a side hustle or even investing money into one, these are important questions to ask. How much do you need to make? What skills do you have that add value in the marketplace? And how much of your free time are you willing to trade to make this side hustle work for you? Just as Shannon McClay said in our Financially Fit in 2021 podcast, you wouldn't get in a car and plan to go to California without a map. So writing down some goals and figures is a good idea as a kind of map, even if this isn't a full-time gig. So for example, you know, if you are really great at putting together IKEA furniture, then offering yourself up on TaskRabbit to assemble furniture for people might be really lucrative for you because if you can do it quickly, then you're going to maximize your payment per hour. My mind is blown because I did not know that that was an option. I struggle so hard at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, I know I, I in fact I know a couple of people who have done it and one person in particular decided it just wasn't worth his time because there wasn't enough work available when he needed it and he wasn't able to do the work as quickly as he would have wanted to to really feel like he had made a fair wage. You know, if the fee for doing anything is $20, somebody's going to pay you $20 to do something, and it takes you an hour, then you've made $20 an hour. If it takes you two hours, you've only made $10 an hour. But if you're passionate about something and you have hopes that it will expand and grow and eventually make you more money, I can imagine the side hustle where someone is an entrepreneur and starts a new thing. That is almost like a side hustle that's also a startup. Well, right. And then startups have investment costs. Depending on what you're doing, you might have to invest in equipment. You might have to invest in materials. If you are doing art or making jewelry or something, you might have to spend some money to build an inventory. And then you really need to think of yourself as running the business. You know, it might have started as a hobby, but now if you're not, if your sales can't cover your costs and make you a profit, then it's not going to succeed as a business. Now, In your experience writing this book, talking to people who have had various side hustles, what's the most interesting thing you've learned that you could impart to our listeners that they might find helpful if they're starting to think about starting a side hustle? So one thing that I suspected, but which still surprised me, was how many kinds of jobs have really been gigified so that you can hire yourself out as a freelancer or start a business becoming a contractor to do all kinds of work. You can get part-time work or start a full-time business doing almost anything. So you can 
be really creative. The example that I always like to give is if you are the person in your office who everybody comes to to edit their PowerPoints, you could offer that as a service. Yeah. So it is, it's just thinking, it's almost asking someone to think out of the box, but also to look inside because all the things that are natural to them may be an out of the box idea for a side hustle. Your book is a great resource. And I think that a lot of us think that the side hustle has changed. You know, the perception is that maybe that's changed over the last year because there are so many things that we can't do. There have been so many limitations on us, you know, where we can move and go safely. But really, it's the things that you're talented at that maybe take you the least amount of time that can be monetized that are are the opportunities for you to create your own side hustle. Exactly. And I think one of the things that we've learned also over the last year is that there are many things that you can do in a socially distanced or remote way if you have to. Well, this is great. I mean, something can sound really trendy and actually have a real base in history. And it is a fact, Alana, that people have had part-time jobs or side hustles for years, but calling it a side hustle and really having the media attention on these side hustles that have become a big deal makes us have a little bit of FOMO, right? Like, you know, like, what, what are we missing out? Fear of missing out. Um, should I have a side hustle? And I think that this book is a way for you to really see, okay, what are my interests and what is my time commitment? And is this something I want to pursue? Yeah. And for a lot of people, the answer will be yes. And for some people, they might decide it's it's not for them, but that's okay because you've done the math, as they say. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we have a gaming aspect to the no shame in this money game. So I'm going to spin my spinning wheel here and ask you a random question, okay? Sure. All right. Here we go. What movie could you watch over and over again without getting tired of it? Oh, so that is a really, that's a really easy question. Okay. The Princess Bride. (laughs) Okay. That's a classic. It is. And I love this movie because it's really smartly written and it has so many great characters. And if you've seen it, you know that there are so many quotable lines and it's ridiculous and funny and just really fun to watch. Definitely. Well, that is a good one. And I don't think you're alone on that one. And we have a a question I ask every guest is, since Rockland Trust is the bank where each relationship matters, what is one word that can describe your relationship with money? I'd say utilitarian. Nice. Why utilitarian? Because money is a tool for living your life. You keep yourself and your family fed and clothed and housed, and then hopefully you have enough left over for pursuing whatever other goals you have. I love it. Very simple, but well stated like a writer. (laughs) I like it. Very good. Well, thank you, Alana. I really enjoyed talking to you today. You really bring to light some simple ways that we can all determine whether we want a side hustle and really explore our own gifts and interests to see if this is a direction we want or need to go in. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to the No Shame in This Money Game podcast brought to you by Rockland Trust, member FDIC. My name is Julie Beckham, and yes, I do take requests. So be sure to email your personal finance questions and curiosities to me, your host and your educator at julie.beckham at rocklandtrust.com.